This is MJ. I love comics, but I also love tokusatsu, and this, uh, what I want to talk about today is Skullman by Shotaro Ishinomori. Uh, it's kind of combining my two favorite things, potentially. Anyway, Ishinomori is a uh, deceased, uh, maybe 20 plus year now deceased uh, man from Japan. Uh, he was a mangaka, manga creator. He also helped create television shows. If this Skullman looks familiar to you at all, uh, it might be because he turned, or his design was sort of adapted, and there's all sorts of lore around the tokusatsu community about how he was basically adapted into a grasshopper design from a skull design with those big eyes uh, for Ishinomori's uh, co-production with, I can't remember who now, uh, originally, I think TV Asahi, um, to make Kamen Rider. And uh, Ishinomori is known as the god of manga, or... Is he the god of manga or the king of manga? Anyway, he has a world record posthumously awarded to him for making the most pages of comics uh, of anybody in the world, I think. And uh, I want to talk about him because it's his birthday coming up on January 25th, and I thought it would be an appropriate time to go ahead and do that. And uh, I've wanted an excuse, an excuse to read Skullman for a while. I think I read it years ago, like maybe five or six years ago. Uh, maybe even longer, like closer to when this first came out because it was released uh, through Comixology in like 2012. Um, but I decided to go ahead and read it now as it's coming up. And uh, I also will be talking about, well, anyway, I, that's kind of all that matters. Uh, is I wanted the excuse to read it and I'm going to go ahead and read it now. And uh, I'm just going to give a quick review and then I'm going to critique with, um, you know, some images I pulled up and... Uh, you can see those if you're watching the video version of this, and if you're not, if you're on the blog, or if you listen to it in audio, I'll do my best to describe it for you, and if not, you can look at the blog uh, to see what I have going, which is mjmunoz.com slash stc, you should be able to find the link to this. So anyway, uh, I'm, I, I, I thought a lot about what to call this, uh, this review, or, or give a title for it, so I could kind of have an angle for my criticism, and I think Nihilism Incarnate <laughs> works. Um, Skullman is a story, it is a comic, uh, it tells a complete story, it has a beginning, a middle, and an end. Uh, there are some really interesting images in it, but overall, I don't like Skullman, Tetsuo, uh, I don't like what's going on, and this is not something I think... This this story isn't something I would tell everybody they should read. I think if you're interested in Ishinomori and in his work, um, it's an interesting thing to read, and it's just an interesting thing to have an insight into. And I guess my issue with it is less that it's not good and more that I just it's so unlikable. Um, <laughs> Skullman is an antihero. I'm I'm gonna go ahead and basically spoil it. I mean it's you know decades old. It's you know fifty sixty years old now. Um, is that right? 70s? Yeah, I mean, if it was made in the 70s and we're in the, and this is 2020, then that could easily be 50 years old, right? Anyway, uh, there are plenty of things to not like about Tetsuo. Uh, he doesn't come off as an interesting character or as a, as a compelling or sympathetic character, really, except for maybe towards the end. There is some tragedy uh, involved with his story, um, but the action is good. The... Uh, the dialogue is okay. I have some issues with the translation. Just I think there are some weird word choices. But overall, it was an enjoyable read. It was compelling. It was a very fast read. If I didn't, if it, if 
it wasn't good. If it was just garbage, I wouldn't have been able to get through it so quickly. Um, but I was engaged with it, and I, you know, kept swiping, and I kept reading, and it was enough to draw me in, but I didn't like what I saw there, which is a weird way to praise uh, one of my favorite creators. But Chitori Shinomori wrote the most manga uh, of anybody alive, I believe. It could Did, like, the One Piece guy write more than him by now? I mean, more pages of manga? I would think so, because the thing has been going for a long time. Anyway, but uh, just because he wrote a lot of manga doesn't mean it was all good, and... I'm okay with that, and I'm okay with uh, criticism of Skullman, and I'm in fact going to do some of that right now after I just kind of cap off my thoughts, which is um, it was a fast-paced read. There were some interesting, uh, compelling visuals. Uh, I overall enjoyed it. I was using the Comixology Guided View, and it took away from some things, but uh, when I uh, was reviewing it again, just real quick, uh, outside of Guided View, it made more sense. So, you know, the comic as it was intended... Uh, has a good flow and a good pace to it and it uh, all the imagery makes a lot of sense um, but I just I don't really like where the story goes and I'm wondering what it means and if it mean if it means anything or if it was ever intended to mean anything I don't know and I'm a person who really likes the things that I enjoy to have meaning and I feel like I enjoy things that are meaningful and not just flashy or fun and uh, I think that's what Skullman was it was a flashy fun um, diversion uh, I don't know if Ishimori just did it for fun, if he was just trying to be edgy or what, but uh, it's kind of just edgy and it doesn't feel like there's much else there. So Ishinomori stuttered, uh, st stuttered, studied under uh, Osama Tezuka of fame for being Osama Tezuka, you know, Astro Boy, Kim of the White Lion, um, I don't know what other famous stuff, oh, uh, Blackjack, anyway, I'm going to stop, Princess Knight, no more, okay, anyway, so, um, he studied under Tezuka. Uh, one of them is the king of manga. One of them is the god of manga. I can't remember which one. That's what they called them in Japan. And because of that, he has very strong uh, character in all of his drawings, basically. Nobody's really big. I mean, there are, you know, simple uh, illustrations or, like, goofy faces and things like that. But each of them is distinct, and I think that's more what matters. I'm less about art being um, accurate and more about it being... Um, you know, emotive or uh, distinctive and having a feeling. Now, that being said, Skullman, uh, in this shot, he's, uh, I believe he's firing his weapon at and murdering two security guards at this building. And then uh, below that, uh, we get to see uh, three panels split, and in the center, you see his legs going down, and they terminate in little balls. <laughs> and those little balls are his feet. And then out of those little ball feet come very sharp, uh, jagged, uh, you know, squared off, uh, shadow, you know, there's a shadow coming from him, and it's irritating to me that the shape of the shadow does not match the shape of his feet. I don't like that Ishinomori draws so many of the character's feet as just these lumps, these round balls. Now, it may have been the style at the time, but it doesn't mean I have to like it. it doesn't mean I have to like it when Tezuka did it, either. I understand uh, hands are more detailed, faces are more detailed, but you got little these little ball feet, and in some scenes they work, and in some they don't, and in, like, the splash page, when you first see Skullman, I think he's standing on top of a, um, like, kanji, or whatever Japanese letters, that, because there's different types, I'm not being dismissive and saying, ooh, whatever, I'm, there's, I know, I, I like Japanese stuff enough to know that there's multiple styles of the Japanese, 
letters that are used. Um, some are borrowed from Chinese. That doesn't matter. Anyway, there's katakana, or there's kanji, uh, hiragana, and is either in katakana? Or am I making stuff up? I don't know. Anyway, but I'm trying to be respectful, but I don't remember all the terms, so forgive me. Anyway, uh, anyway, the so in that drawing, though, Skullman has one foot that's a ball, and then one foot that's turned away from the camera, and it's drawn like an actual foot. Like, it looks like a man's shoe with a foot inside of it connected to his leg. And that's not what you're seeing in that panel uh, or on that page. And throughout, you know, there are, you know, there's nice motion and nice framing of things, but then you've got these weird little nubby ball feet and then, like, the shadow's incons inconsistent. And like I said, I can forgive the nubby ball feet uh, if that's a design choice or whatever, um, but not having the shadow match it, that's just dumb to me and it doesn't make any sense. And then, like, the shadow's too thin at the base of the foot and things like that, so... I don't like that. It's enough of that. Next image, uh, we've got Garo. Garo or Garu? I can't remember if it's Garo or Garu. Anyway, uh, his buddy who saved him. Um, I won't go into it. He's a man who can transform into a bat, a wolf, and an alligator, which I think is super cool. Uh, anyway, and um, we get to see him transforming. It goes from right to left because it's from Japan, and it's, you know, properly, properly manga um, so it has that flow, and we get to see him transform, like I said, from man to wolf, and he's on all fours. Uh, I, I really like the, the layout of the panels. They're, um, kind of like trapezoids, and they're, uh, inverted from each other. I feel like that does, the way he just laid out those panels, like, does a really good effective passage of time, plus we get to see the transformation going on in Garu, and I like how it zooms in, it gets closer and closer to his face, until you just see his, you know, lupine eye, and then the next panel down, it's a big one, um, it shows, you know, trees and background and whatever, and then, like, this great-looking wolf with a really big bushy tail, and a mean face, and, you know, these great, you know, wolf paws, and then you've got next to him Skullman with his, you know, round ball feet, and it's just, it's just funny, the contrast, but then, like, Skullman's cape is really cool, um, you know, the overall look is neat, but, just, I don't know, I, it's easy to complain about certain little things like this, and they almost throw me out of it. I, I have to think of it as a product of its age, um, and I'm okay with that, and yeah, I'm mostly here for story, but, uh, and so I'm not, like, huge on art being amazing, as, as long as the story's good enough to, you know, make it work, but then again, uh, sometimes it just, it just isn't to my taste, but that's okay. Anyway, that's kind of the biggest gripes I had. Uh, basically, uh, I that's more evidence that I just don't worship Ishinomori, especially because like the things that I love him for um, are mostly like the ideas behind stuff, like Common Rider and Kikaider and Cyborg 009. And if you don't know Ishinomori, Common um, Rider turned into Super Sentai, which turned into Power Rangers, uh, which like everybody should know. <laughs> um, and uh, anyway, those aren't reasons to excuse uh, crappy art that he does or did. Um, so I wanted to make sure I highlighted mistakes that he made or, or things that weren't to my liking or preference. And then I have, um, a, a bit to say about positive things from the story, especially because I started talking about how much I dislike the character, how much I dislike the story, how nihilistic it is. Um, I'm just trying to be fair here. So remember when I said I like expressiveness over accuracy and, uh, I can't remember what else, but anyway, remember I said that? Well, here we go. This is expressiveness and inventiveness and imagination that I really like to see on display. Um, in this panel or this page selection that I have here, 
uh, Garo is going from being his wolf form to being a bat form. And uh, if you top start if you start in the top right hand corner, we've got you know wolf you know, lurching forward, and there's these shoo, shoo, shoo sound effects. Anyway, uh, and then the panel right below that, he's sprouting tiny little bat wings coming out of his back. And then the next one over, your eye jumps over there. There's the moon behind him. It's uh, mostly full, uh, you know, like three quarters, you know, like five eighths full. Anyway, five eighths, stupid. Anyway, it's very full, a very full moon. And then in front of that, we've got big wings. Uh, you've got, you know, motion lines coming off them as if they're flapping or like they just sprung out of his back fully and he's kind of lurching up and his ears are bigger and his mouth is a little crueler and the shape of it has changed and he's like semi up on its haunches and now he's like a wolf Batman and uh, it looks really great. Um, the flow of it, again, the, the showing of the passage of time and transformation, very effectively done and just the imaginativeness, the creativity that you've got this, you know, man that turns into these different creatures and he turns into an alligator too i do not have it pictured here it the head of it looks really cool but it on the body looks jank <laughs> like it's it's how else were you supposed to do it though right i mean come on the guy has limitations um but anyway i just really love uh the design of the wolf overall and then the bat form of it too it's just it's really good stuff it's very inventive and imaginative it's creepy and effective and i really enjoy that for lack of a better word, I'm going to call Ishinomori's character designs, or, yeah, I guess character designs makes more sense than character models, simplistic, but simplicity is not the same as, uh, that's not, a, a, that's not synonymous for bad or, or low quality. Um, if you can affect, if you can make an image effective with, you know, a little bit of work, I, well, anyway, I just watched Tom, uh, Digivro. Um, highlighted Tommy Oliver, uh, pulling information from that book about comics, learning comics, I think, and he was talking about abstraction, and, you know, Ishimori's characters are fairly abstracted, um, there's a lot of variety in the designs, like this woman here, um, it's a very classic, uh, look for a woman, uh, from, from Ishinomori, and I don't think I've seen too many Tezuka women, so I couldn't really say if they look like his or not, it kind of reminds me of Leiji Matsumoto's women, uh, where there's, like, an emphasis on the eyes, um, this, uh, Maya character, her eyes are basically closed, um, or either that or her lashes are very, very, very thick. Um, I can't quite tell, but it reminds me of the like the softness and the vulnerability that Matsumoto puts into the eyes of his female characters, which is something I, I absolutely love his female character designs. I like his men, too. They're awesome. They look great. Anyway, um, but then you've got the old man here, and he looks so different from all the other men in this comic. He doesn't look cartoonish. Uh, he looks very robust, very powerful. Um, like there's a gravitas and a weight to him and there's a like sadness to her and the fact that their avatar is for like a weight and a weariness it's interesting like their character designs are simplistic but they're so effective because they kind of represent uh the tragedy that is Skullman and I I said I was going to spoil it but I'm going to try not to actually because I think it's more interesting if I if I don't um and I would just, if you're going to check it out, warn you that it's like, it's really nihilistic and everything's terrible and there's, you know, lots of death and murder and stuff. And Skullman's definitely an anti-hero, but uh, the focus right now is supposed to be on uh, the positives and, you know, the effectiveness of the artwork. And I think not only, I, it's interesting to me that he has these very cartoonish characters, but then the way that he shows them, it's so cinematic, it um, it's so well directed and... 
uh, I think that's what really sells me on Ishinomori's work because you know, the designs may be a little goofy for me, but the way they're treated is serious and the way they're shown is serious, except for when they're purposely funny, which is fun. So the last few images I want to discuss I'm, I'm, and I'm going to be showing are basically Tatsuo and Garu um, as a you know, wolf um, stalking uh, this man and woman that he's been looking for. And as the panels progress, you know, as your eye progresses down the page, uh, you can see the, you know, the camera is pulling in closer and closer. They're, you know, way, they're very far away. And then they get closer and closer and closer until it's just a close-up of Tatsuo um, on these people that he's been looking for, for, or this man he's been looking for for so long. And uh, he has this very blank expression. And it's interesting because there's some emotion in there and it feels like uh, it's not an ambivalence, um, it's not sadness. I, I just almost wonder if he's wondering what exactly he's going to do with his life now that he's found this man that he's been looking for for years. Uh, I think they say two or three years ago, you know, before the start of this manga, he, you know, started on his mission. And who knows how long before then he was, you know, full of hate and uh, wanting to do the things that he has, in fact, done. Uh, throughout the course of the story, and then in the, you know, long tale, that would it be the tale of the story before this? Um, anyway, again, it's another effective image, and the way it's all framed is really interesting to me. Uh, and then there's just, you know, there's good stuff, there's a, he's stalking someone in the forest guard who's killed one person, and then he's standing over another, and he's laughing at them as they're about to die, and uh, he and the form in the background are in silhouette, and uh, his eyes are white, and you can see um, you can see his big, you know, skull man eyes, um, you know, shining in the darkness. They're popping out from his body. Um, you know, there's that contrast there. There's that use of silhouette. Um, I think it's really great technique. Uh, Garo's in the foreground, and he's you know very well defined. He's got a bunch of lines on him for his fur and things like that. And it's just it all works. Um, it's all very well done, and it looks so good. I think the composition of it is really great. Um, the way it cuts between Skullman and you know, his victim here, uh, it's again just very effective, very good work, very compelling. Uh, it you know made me want to keep turning the page and find out more of what's going on, even as I didn't like what this character was doing. So I you know I kind of like the story, or I, I enjoy it in spite of itself, um, and that's okay. You know I don't have a problem with that. Anyway, uh, not something I invite upon myself a lot of the time, especially because. Um, the messages in Kamen Rider, Kikaider, um, Cyborg 009, other uh, Tokusatsu is so positive, and this is just so dark and so bleak. Um, but I don't really have a problem with that. Things, uh, you know, have permission to be bleak. This was a one-shot. It was a short story. And uh, I guess something that I like about Ishinomori was that he made so much stuff, and... Uh, like, I don't even know a fraction of it, really. Or, I know a fraction of it, but it's a very small percentage of the uh, of the things that he made. And uh, I find it very inspiring that he just made so much stuff. And, um, I don't know, I kind of lost the point of what I was trying to say. Except for, uh, I, um, I enjoy this and I find the amount of work that he did inspiring. I just wonder how much of it had some lackluster elements in it. I, I genuinely do wonder that. Uh, but I also don't have time. Uh, to go ahead and, you know, read through all of his stuff just to, you know, criticize it and point out, you know, the flaws and foibles of it. Um, I just kind of want to focus on the good, and uh, I'm going to find enjoyment in life, not by, you know, trying to tear stuff down or whatever, but by, 
um, investigating the things I'm genuinely interested in and, uh, you know, thinking about them, critiquing them. And I think the Skullman story is something I, I want to critique because in the end, um, it almost seems like a Greek tragedy wherein somebody was trying to avoid a certain fate and they brought that fate upon themselves. And I like that. I do like that. I genuinely enjoy that idea. And I, and I think it resonates with humanity, which is why it's lasted so long outside of, you know, a single culture. But, um, gosh, what else to say about it? I don't know. It's really interesting how nihilistic it is. And I think, I don't think that's the message Ishtamori wanted you to take away from this. I just think it's another view. It's a view from another side of things, of the, you know, it's a different perspective on the world that you might not get, um, that you might not get otherwise. And maybe it's instructive or useful for that purpose alone. I don't know. It definitely could have been way more violent and gratuitous, and I'm glad it wasn't. Skullman's definitely not a hero. He's definitely an anti-hero. He definitely did a lot of bad things that he should, you know, suffer for or pay for. Um, but I think the comic did a good job of, you know, not showing as much as it could have showed. And uh, I think it's probably for the best. The uh, last image I want to, I guess, talk over and end on is this image of Skullman. It looks like he's hypnotizing a man to get information from him. And he's talking about uh, trying to find the man that he knows. And, uh, you know, I'm going to skip over the content except to say that uh, the... Well, I, not only are the character designs, you know, a little bit goofy, but then treated in a serious way, but there's serious subject matter covered by Ishinomori. So in Common Rider and in this and in Cyborg 009 and I don't know about Kikaider specifically, but they deal with like real world politics and they frame things as if, you know, you're li really living in a world where there's, you know, corporate greed and corruption and government corruption and things like that. And that's really interesting to me. I really like those things. Um, but uh, I think the reason, so, and I just have to say, this is a really striking image. I love the framing of it. Thank you for sticking with me. Check out mjmunos.com for more of my work. I'm an aspiring author who will gladly accept your financial support through coffee, or you can buy merch from my Redbubble store. Swing Through Comics can be found on YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and mjmunos.com STC. Relevant links are in the show notes. If you had a good time, like and share this. Subscribe and ring that bell to catch me next time I'm Swinging Through Comics. And right now, I want to let you know that if you uh, haven't checked out um, MJ Loves Toku, which is my other channel, other show, uh, about tokusatsu and uh, this Skullman thing interested you at all which I don't think I did a very good job of selling uh, the rest of tokusatsu um, by talking about this comic but if you want to see more uh, things related to the work of Shotaro Ishinomori I am covering those over there on that channel on that uh, you know podcast uh, again that's MJ Loves Toku you can find it there are links to it through my website um, and yeah, that's, that's pretty much what I'm going to do. And I want to let you know, too, that I'm actually currently listening to, well, not at this moment, but I'm, uh, like, halfway through um, uh, An Amazing Life, the uh, Stan Lee uh, biography, and I'm going to be talking about that here on this channel as well. Uh, there's actually a fun connection between Spider-Man and Power Rangers and Shotaro Shinomori and uh, Stan Lee. And, uh, you know, lots of people have talked about that. Uh, you probably know about it, but I just think it's neat. Um, you know, supposedly without that we wouldn't have Power Rangers and then when uh, the new Spider-Verse comes out it's going to have Change Leopardon in it which is the Japanese uh, or Toei Spider-Man um, mecha that was introduced uh, in that show anyway, uh, kind of a neat thing um, was there anything else? was there anything else? no, not really 
Uh, just, uh, I thought this would be a fun little tribute to do. I already did a comic review this week, but I thought, you know, let me try one more. And um, I'm actually going to be reviewing another Ishimori, um comic next month, uh, which I think might have a, a wider appeal to people in the United States. But it's still, you know, something that's based in Japan. But anyway, I think it's going to be really neat. Uh, but that's all I have to say for now, so take care, folks.